0: Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, No Trust, No Team, Building Trust and Accountability in a Virtual Setting. I'm Melody Rawlings, and today our guest is Dr. Randy Sanders, Associate Director of Faculty Support and Development in the School of Business here at North Central University. Dr. Sanders, welcome and thanks so much for your time and coming to chat with us about trust and accountability.
1: Thanks, Dr. Rawlings. I'm excited to be here today.
0: Awesome. So in the last episode, we began talking about this important topic. And today we will continue the discussion about the importance of trust and accountability in the virtual workplace. There's much written about these two areas, and we look forward to your insight, Dr. Sanders, on ways that leaders can build these two foundational necessities. So why don't we begin with why trust and accountability are so important in all teams?
1: When it comes to building a successful team, trust is key. And when it comes to building trust, face-to-face communication is best. Building and maintaining trust in the traditional physical workplace is difficult enough, but the process is even tougher in a virtual environment where people often have to work with people they haven't met in person. However, in today's global business environment, and currently we're living through a global pandemic, an increasing number of professionals are working remotely. So companies have transitioned to a virtual organization or are in the process of transitioning to the virtual environment. And there's several studies on the value of trust in developing high-performing virtual teams that show um, trust and a leader's ability to establish an environment in which trust can emerge are the key determinants of success for virtual teams. Essentially, teams can't function well when coworkers don't trust one another. Which ultimately impacts the organization's triple bottom line of people, profits, and planet. And this leads to accountability. Accountability is about ownership and initiative. Accountability is when an employee says they will do something, they follow through and they actually get it done, while also recognizing that other team members are just as dependent on the results of his or her work. So if a team does not trust one another, it's hard to hold peers accountable on performance or behaviors that might not support the mission and goals of the organization. Trust is the foundation in teams. Without it, the organization will experience an avoidance of accountability among other key traits of successful teams.
0: Yep. Yep. Those are great points. Uh, trust and accountability are important in any team, and even sports teams come to mind. So there's that interdependency among the team members. Um, so such great points. But I'm wondering if there's a difference in how leaders achieve success in these two areas uh, between traditional and the virtual workplaces. So would you share your thoughts on how building trust in virtual teams compare to building trust in traditional teams? And could you give us some examples?
1: Sure, sure. So the traditional team in an organization consists of individuals working in physical proximity, right? Therefore, in the traditional teams, trust is developed working closely on on face-to-face projects and through the exchange of information during informal discussions, like the water cooler analogy. They have those conversations, those informal conversations there. The physical proximity of the individual yields itself the opportunity to share, to collaborate, and to be vulnerable in the traditional team. Virtual teams are separated by physical distance and consist of talent across geographies, cultures, and time zones. And virtual team members focus exclusively on task-based activities. They default to agreed systems and structures for decision-making, establishing goals, and refer to the team leader more than other members to set those expectations, to manage those decisions, and to resolve conflict. So the interaction among the members of a virtual team are mediated by the information and communication technology tools, such as email. You can use Zoom. You know, there's there's tons of platforms out there. But both teams are similar in that they are united by a shared goal. Therefore, trust in both environments, for the most part, are the same. It's about relationship building which consists of being vulnerable, being collaborative, transparent, and open communication. In the virtual environment, you have to be purposeful and intentional in creating a space for team members to be vulnerable and to get to know one another. Since virtual members are not in the physical proximity of one another, leadership has to be intentional in creating that space for that formal and informal relationship building both at work and beyond the quote unquote, virtual office space. So when you think about relationship building, some of the strategies that's included in that is supporting collaborative problem solving and decision-making. It's being explicit in identifying expectations for levels of commitment and involvement. It's supporting difficult conversations about individual competencies and skills and challenging the status quo on how work is done as a team, and I like that you mentioned sports team because sports teams do have to have trust and accountability, and I also f- would say some serv- civil servant positions like you know fire departments, they have to have that trust and accountability built into their day-to-day operation when they're going out um, to serve the community. Um, some other examples that I can think of is here at North Central, North Central University, we host um, university-wide calls regularly to foster open communication and transparency. The senior leadership team here provides updates and response to questions from NCU employees. In addition to our daily responsibilities, there are opportunities to collaborate and work on cr- cross-functional team projects and committees across schools and disciplines. Informal gatherings are offer, also offered. I know here in the School of Business, we host an outside-the-office virtual gathering where we get to know each other outside of the day-to-day job responsibilities. We're very intentional, which organizations will have to be in the virtual space to encourage learning and nurture relationships. They have, we have to be committed about building those communities.
0: Those are such great examples, and I'm so glad that you uh, mentioned NCU because, uh, as you and I both know, we that the examples you gave really describe what we do um, in the School of Business and I'm sure across the university as well. So the great examples and also hearing you talk about the social aspect of it and building those relationships. And, and as you mentioned, it's so important, um, even much more so in the virtual environment where it can be... Uh, Somewhat challenging to do it um, using technology, but still very doable. So let's shift a little bit and talk some about accountability, which I know that that's something that that causes some to bristle. Uh, but it seems the word accountability sometimes has a negative connotation for some. I think especially those who've experienced micromanagement, because you know no one wants to be micromanaged. Um, I was reading a recent article that discussed the struggle. Uh, that many organizations uh, have prior to COVID, those organizations may not have had virtual teams and they are struggling now with how to keep their employees who are working from home accountable. So, and I think many of them may be borderlining. from what I'm hearing from, um, from colleagues and, and friends and, and other acquaintances, uh, some of them are kind of bordering on micromanagement when they don't really want to or mean to, uh, but it's just because they're, they're challenged to keep or to maintain that accountability, to keep employees accountable. So what are your thoughts on how accountability differs in the virtual versus
1: traditional teams? I think that's an absolutely great question. I believe accountability increases in a virtual environment if you think back to what accountability is exactly, it's about ownership and initiative, right? So in the traditional team, it is common to peek your head into someone's office or stop them in the office space to get an update. You can physically see someone working, unlike the virtual team member. Some believe that a lot of time is wasted in physical environments. (laughs) This is some some things that I've heard that that term paper pusher, right? The paper pusher in the physical environment can't necessarily be a paper pusher in the virtual environment. The policies that are established in a physical environment that people um, may have, um, they may have been relaxed are now actually being regulated in the virtual environment. So for example, if you were, You are expected to report at 9 a.m. to your physical location of employment and you get there 9, 10. It it was probably okay. However, 9 a.m. in the virtual environment, people are trying to be set up in front of their camera uh, and make sure that they are prompt to their meetings. They want to actually be efficient and be there at 9 a.m. So in the virtual environment, there may be the perception that all eyes are on me. And since this pandemic, I'm glad you brought that up. I think for many organizations that were not virtual before but had to make the shift are struggling with accountability and have a tendency toward micromanaging their employees because they can't see them. And it can lead to the feeling that the employees are not being trusted to do the work. And I don't say this to be negative. When people are transitioning to a swift change, such as this global pandemic, they are out of their comfort zones. They tend to be micro-focused initially until they can adjust to more of a macro level. So there's a difference in looking engaged or being engaged in a face-to-face meeting that's taking place in a boardroom versus in a Zoom meeting. People are watching you, and you kind of feel like, or you're perceiving that these individuals are watching you. So I would say people's senses are heightened in the virtual environment, and that to me are are the 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 main differences about when it comes to accountability in the virtual setting versus the traditional setting.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that totally, and uh, it's it's just as you say, they're making that transition. So they are kind of scrambling, I think, to try to find some type of uh, normal normalcy uh, in how they're going to uh, make sure that everyone is being accountable and everybody is doing their work and, and, and being productive. And I do think that there's that sense of self-conscious, maybe being self-conscious and, and being on camera. And, and it's, just, it's just new for everybody. I think patience is required on, on both ends, uh, on the team member's end, on the uh, virtual leader, virtual manager's end. Uh, and, it, and from what you're saying, it sounds like leaders of virtual teams need to be very in tune uh, to each team member as well as the team as a whole. So part of being in tune is, yeah, is providing appropriate, timely feedback. So would you, would you discuss then what role feedback plays in building trust and accountability?
1: A significant role, a major role. All members in the organization need to be provided constructive guidance and positive reinforcement feedback to strengthen trust and accountability. And I say all members, so that stems from the very top, leaders down to your team members feedback needs to be all-inclusive. It needs to go from leader to team member as well as team member to team member. The absence of feedback leads to the fear of conflict. And I know we kind of talked about or alluded to this in the previous um, question. However, um, there's Arthur Patrick Lencioni. He's an expert in team development and organizational health, And he talks about the fear of conflict in his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I think it's a fantastic book that all organizations should should use um, when they're they're trying to uh, formulate their teams and, and try to have more successful teams within their organization. He eloquently explains that teams need to engage in productive conversation, which he calls productive conflict. Um, the sole purpose of those conversations is to produce the best possible solution for the advancement of the organization. The organization consists of individuals and the overall mission and goals of the organization. So in doing so, the team discusses and resolve issues more quickly and emerge from sometimes heated debates with no residual feelings or collateral damage but with their eagerness and readiness to take on the next important issue again we have to provide that space and or that platform for these healthy discussions to occur because uh, and build excuse me build trust and accountability in that particular space team members are contributing when they are heard and their voices factored into the conversation it just eliminates or minimizes artificial harmony so feedback plays a significant role in building that trust and accountability. And, and you have to create that space and allow for conversation, healthy conversation, productive conversation, healthy debate. Some people may call it conflict, but it's a healthy debate for the betterment of the individual as well as the organization.
0: That's great um, advice and uh, and a very thought provoking insight. Uh, good food for thought for sure. So it reminded me when you were when you were saying that um, about the feedback, it reminded me of One Minute Manager, the book by Ken Blanchard. And while that you know was written wasn't written about virtual teams, the principles still apply. Uh, and the focus is on the timeliness of feedback. And so when someone's doing something. Uh, a good job on something, uh, the manager, the leader should provide that feedback as immediately as possible. And the same thing when they're doing something, maybe that's, they were making an error or doing, not doing something the way it should be done. Um, then you let them know right away and you don't wait. So feedback is just, yeah, it's so important. So thank you for that. Um, and what do you see, Dr. Sanders, as the greatest challenges of building trust and accountability?
1: Conflict as we just was talking about. Um, Not sharing information can be a challenge. Low engagement with the team, not actively engaging, not being purposeful in your engagement. Lack of transparency, open communication, not being honest or, or operating from a place of integrity, making sure that we are communicating information can be some challenges, Um, to building trust and accountability within a team. Lack of commitment, right? So as the leader, as well as a team member, we both have to demonstrate a level of commitment in order to forge those trusting bonds. And inattention to results. Inattention to results, if someone is laxed, anyone is laxed, that's that's going to become, I don't, quote unquote, the norm, or you're setting a precedent that is okay. And if you if you have this expectations for one individual or a few individuals, and not necessarily the collective, then that's also going to put a ridge in trust and accountability. So to me, those are the greatest challenges when it comes to building trust that organizations need to be mindful of. You are so right, um, and I love that you continued with the conflict part because that is
0: just so true. And you know, when we when people hear the word, I think, from based on what I've researched, I've read, and uh, different, and just experience too, when people hear the word conflict, they automatically just kind of kind of bristle up, maybe, or just kind of are shy away, or uh, it's you know the old fight or flight thing. But it doesn't have to be that way. Having conflict can be so productive, and and. And then that's, been, that's been proven out in research that it can lead to better problem solving, uh, better solutions, if people would just you know, realize that and, and not have to think of it in such a negative way. So, so thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, Dr. Sanders, this has just been so insightful and the information you've shared with us today is so helpful. Are there any additional tips or advice you would um, leave with us today regarding accountability, trust and accountability for virtual leaders?
1: Yes, I would say give trust from the very beginning. Don't expect employees to earn your trust over time. Instead, give them trust right away. You, as you mentioned, even with the feedback, you want to be quick. You want to give swift feedback. You want to trust from the onset. You can communicate trust through eliciting feedback on big projects, encouraging the team to take initiative, or providing opportunities for professional development. There's many a ways to develop trust from the very beginning. And by creating kind of these positive experiences for employees right off the bat, you'll build a team that's motivated, trusting, and happy. I would also share, judge your employees on the outcome. Um, As companies begin to transition from traditional companies to virtual, productivity shouldn't necessarily be measured by how busy an employee seems to be. Instead, it should be measured by how much work the employee actually does Gets done. So I would say, as long as deadlines are being met and the work is of high quality, how busy the employee looks while doing it doesn't necessarily matter. Another set clear goals, expectations, and policies. Just because someone is in a virtual office instead of a physical office space doesn't mean that they shouldn't meet certain expectations or goals. You have to make certain everyone knows what's expected of them. What happens if they don't meet their expectations? And we've talked a little bit about effectively communicate. Leaders need to effectively communicate with the team regarding projects and what they need to do. Team members also need to be able to effectively communicate with one another. Working in virtual teams is different, is different than being in person. You can't just walk into that office and ask a question. However, sometimes it's, it's a little bit better. There tends to be, you know, less of the chit-chatter that's happening <laughs> and because communication um, is often done through email and messenger, there's a copy of what has been said for later reference. So you have that documentation. Have realistic measures. Since we're working in the virtual space instead of a physical one, you need to have different ways of measuring success and failure. Um, For example, um, last evening in my area where I reside, there was a tornado and it may have made me miss a deadline. Employees should not be held accountable for something beyond their control, such as storms or technology failure. But that goes back into ties right into effective communication that they have to communicate and lead by example and, and hold yourself accountable first. As leaders, you're the pace setter. Uh, of the tone, the performance, and the culture for your team. People will follow your lead. You need to complete tasks that have been assigned to you by the timeline you agreed on. You need to be responsible for the success of your team and make the effort to support your team whenever needed. Uh, When you schedule meetings, respect everyone's time by showing up prepared and on time and expect everyone else to do the same. When Team members, including leaders, consistently demonstrate ownership and accountability. Trust is formed. You trust someone will do the right thing and you trust that they'll do what they said that they're going to do. And trust is the backbone of high performing teams. And the last thing I'll say is get to know each other, get to know one another. It's not as easy to get to know everyone when you're only interacting over messenger or email, but it's possible. So you have to be intentional, take the time to do a one-to-one video chat with with colleagues every now and then, get to know them a little bit on a more personal level. Doing so will help you learn their strengths, their weaknesses, and it's easier to keep a person accountable for tasks when you know you have given them something that they can actually do.
0: Oh, such great advice.
1: Thanks so much for joining us in support
0: of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We truly appreciate your insights and great practices that you've shared, which I'm sure will be helpful to our listeners.
1: Thank you, Dr. Rollins. I really enjoyed being your guest today, and I appreciate North Central University and the Cabo Center for all that it does.